Amen. Our God is awesome, isn't he? Amen. Amen. In this season, it is such a special season that we keep our minds stayed on Jesus. There's no season that we shouldn't be. But in this season, we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but there's something special about this time of the year. Just puts a different song in my heart. Praise his holy name. Today we're going to go once again to the epistle of James chapter 3. The epistle of James chapter 3. let us adore him. Amen. Amen. James chapter 3. James chapter 3, on last time we read verses 1 through 12. And we spent time in the first two verses. And today we're going to shine the sermon spotlight on verses 3 and 4. Verse 3 reads, Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths 
that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at the ships, although they are large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Let's add verse 5 in with that. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. Amen. Thank you for standing for the reading of God's word. And we want to continue with our thought of unity's number one enemy. This is part two of unity's number one enemy. On last time, we discussed the whole idea of teaching and how teaching is done with the tongue. And if we're not careful, we will end up teaching people what we think and not what God says. And a lot of times those things that we teach are off kilter. They are, they're off track because we're thinking on our own opinions and our own thoughts. So James says, let not many of you become teachers because to them is the greater condemnation. Not only is the condemnation on you for having wrong thoughts, but now you have led others astray. Amen? And so today, I won't be with you long, but on today, we start to shine the spotlight on verse 3, where it says, indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. We know by experience and by observation that the wild horse will go wherever it wants to go. And the more we try to stop it or control it, the more it bucks against us until it's broken. That horse has to be broken before it's not so wild and it can be turned by its master. It's not so different with you and I. We come out of the chute wild. We come out of the chute crying and, and throwing temper tantrums and wanting what we want when we want it. But after a time of disciplining by our parents, we become what? Broken. So that then our parents can speak to us and we obey them. But I tell you today, there is another time in our lives that we need to be broken. We need to be broken from the mentality of sinfulness. And our breaker is Jesus. We have to come to a point that we have run out of all that we want to do in ourselves in the wild. And that God breaks us and shows us the error of our ways. After we have turned left and turned right, after we have dipped and dabbed, after we have tipped and tapped, God breaks us. And so that we can see the error of our ways. 
And when we are broken, we are now in a position to be led. That's like this powerful horse. The horse has great power. No man can stand up against a horse with brute force and stop him. So much like the unsaved person, there's a lot of power even in them to do a lot of damage until they are broken. Until the bit of the spirit is in our mouths to get us in check. Because even the domesticated horse, if not controlled and reined in, will take you way off course. So God did not just save us. He did not just forgive us of our sin, but he left for us, Deacon Johnson, a comforter. He left with us the paraclete, the one in the word para alongside cleat, talking about the spirit, the comforter, to come alongside us and to direct us and correct us, encourage us, and remake us. Because it wasn't good enough just for our slates to be clean. We needed a bit in our mouths. The Holy Spirit plays that role in our lives. There are times when we have been provoked to say something, but we didn't. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we kept our peace. And so this text is showing us that we need to be bridled. And we need to walk on a daily basis according to the power of the Spirit so that we don't say what we shouldn't say, and we do say what we should. When we're a bridle, when that horse is bridled, if the master tells it to go right by pulling on it in a certain way, the horse goes right. If he says go left, the horse goes left by pulling him and bridling him. We need direction, just as that horse does. We don't know where we're going. I mean, after all, sometimes we think we understand it all. But we're not God. We can't see everything. So we need somebody to guide us. We need somebody to guide us when we make statements about one another. We need somebody to guide us when we make decisions and get ready to have accusations against our neighbor. Because sometimes we think we see everything and we know the whole story. But in fact, we never do. So that's why it's so important to have the Holy Spirit working on the inside of you. So that the words that you say don't just come out willy-nilly because there is life and death in the, and that's the power of the tongue. It's life and death in there and we have to be so careful because an idle word can destroy a soul. And so we see that we have to be in filled with the Spirit of God on a daily basis so that we can walk right, so that we can be the Christian that God has called us to be, so that we can stop being presumptuous and assuming things and let the Spirit guide us in the things that we are to say. Sometimes everything in our being wants to say one thing, but the Holy Spirit will say, say another. Sometimes we feel like we've got to win some argument because we got to get our point across. But the Holy Ghost may say, say nothing 
at all. I don't know about you, but there has been times in my life to where I have had friends who have disappointed me. Those who I've held closest to me. And that after a time of disappointment, I wanted to give them a piece of my mind. And I said, when I see them, I'm going to tell them how hurt I am and how disappointed I am for how they have left me alone and treated me. Amen. But when the time came, the Holy Spirit arrested me and caused me not to say a thing. And I found out sometimes without saying anything, God can be rebuild relationships that have been broken down. Sometimes you feel like, well, I've got to say something. Not all the time. There can be a lot said sometimes without speaking a word. But we got to be careful because I need you and you need me. Because as the song says, we're all a part of God's body. So I have to be careful in what I say and when I say it and how I say it according to the emotions that's welled up in me. See, I tend to be one who will say things quickly, especially when I'm under travail, I'm under distress. And I may say things real coldly. But I've got to be careful to listen to the spirit so that I don't say something that could damage my brother or sister. Because in a few seconds of talk can damage somebody for a lifetime. But I've got to be bridled by the spirit because I've got to be meek because I've got to get this power that God has given me under control. And every one of you in here has that same power. Power to tear somebody down or power to lift them up. But we have to be careful in those times when we're hurting. Because really in those times we're mostly focused on ourselves. But we've got to stop and let our minds and our hearts be bridled, especially our tongue, by the Holy Spirit before we cause more damage than what we can fix. And so as we look at this text, in verse 4, it says, Look also at the ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds. They are turned by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. Here in verse 4, the analogy moves on to ships. Imagine a great ship with a great sail out on the seven seas. And a storm of great winds has arose. And now the sails are being, being hit by these fierce winds and it's moving the boat in whatever direction the wind is blowing. Isn't it interesting that the sails are designed to get the boat in motion, but not designed to guide it in this direction. Because there's a problem with the sails in that the sails can allow the fierce storms to move the boat in a direction that it shouldn't ought to go. And that's how fierce winds do in our lives, don't they? 
Contrary winds will come. And we are designed with mechanisms built inside of us that will respond as the sail responds to the wind, we will respond to adversity. We have sight and hearing and smell and touch, our feelings, emotions, all of these senses that begin to go off when we are mistreated, begin to go off when we're out of work, begin to go off when our money is funny, begin to go off when our children are out of control, begin to go off when our parents forsake us, begin to go off when our brother or our sister lies on us, ourselves. But God, praise his holy name, has given us a rudder. That's why it's so good that the word says encourage yourself. Because with the power of the tongue, when we're out of control because of the contrary winds of life, we can speak life back into our lives and direction by the little rudder called the tongue. We can speak the words of God that will put us back on track and get us going in the right direction, even though contrary winds may blow. In our lives, contrary winds come from all kind of directions. Political contrary winds, economic contrary winds, personal contrary winds, health contrary winds, financial contrary winds. Winds will blow. But praise be to God that God has given us a tongue that we can put his sweet word on and that it can direct us through our times of trouble. So in the midst of the fact that the tongue can be so damaging, there is encouragement in knowing that when it is powered by the Holy Ghost, it can be a savior. It can cause us to be redirected and contracted. And it can cause us to be on point when we would be obtuse or off point. And it brings me to a little story about a ship one time who was calibrated. All of his systems were calibrated and they thought that the ship was ready to make point to its destination. A long trip of thousands of miles. And as that ship went out, everything looked so fine. Everything looked well as it went out onto the seas and as the miles went along, it looked like everything was all right. But the calibration was off by a tenth of a degree. And by the time that that ship reached the amount of miles that it should have taken to reach its destination, it found itself in the middle of the sea with no land to be in sight. And after making communication back to the the home place to find out what had went wrong, they found out that they were 100 miles off course with only a tenth of a degree of calibration error. Just a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Just a few words can cause catastrophic damage. So in these few words that we think casually we put out, they can cause great problem. They can cause great distress. Just as the ship was 100 miles off course, 
We can spin other people out of control and off course of the Lord by the things that we say. So we have great responsibility in these times that we've been given. To be careful what we say to one another and how we treat one another and even what we say about ourselves. Because with the power of the tongue, we can destroy ourselves. We can talk against ourselves saying we're no good and we're not, we can't do this and can't do this. Even having the Lord within us, we can doubt. And with the tongue, we make it more real because we speak those words of doubt. Words are powerful and we must be careful even what we say about ourselves. Because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. A sound mind knowing that greater is he that is within us than he is in the world. That there is nothing impossible with God. So when we get down on ourselves and thinking that we can't, God can And because we're his children, we have access to his power so that the I can't become he can. And when he can, we can. Amen? And so when we look at this text and come to a close, verse 5, even so the tongue is a little member, boasts great things. The things that this little member says, how it boasts about itself and the person whom is controlling it. We, we put ourselves on pedestals that we shouldn't be on. And sometimes we boast about things because we want to be seen better than somebody else. I mean, we're always comparing one another when we shouldn't. And saying that this person is this and that person is that. I would do this and I would do that. But the Bible says to us, ye that are spiritual, restore one in the spirit of meekness, lest ye also be tempted. There is a temptation that can get each and every one of us. No matter how smooth our army is, there is a chink in it that we can be broken down. So let us be careful and let us be spiritual in knowing that we are weak ourselves and stop trying to put one over the other. To down talk one so that we look better. But let us use those tongues to embrace one another and to encourage one another. That the other person be strengthened. You don't know what that other person is going through. You may see what you see but We always see through a glass dimly. Only God can see clearly. So let us be more forgiving. Let us be more patient with one another. And stop trying to put ourselves above the next person. Because after all, we're all on the same mission. We're all trying to follow the same course. We're all trying to get to the same destination, which is heaven. Amen? And so this text says to us as well it says how great a forest a little fire kindles that can be seen in a negative and a positive oh how people have thrown out cigarettes or left out a, a, a 
uh, some coals burning in a campfire that have gotten out of control and burned up hundreds and hundreds of acres of land. A little fire. There have been days they've been driving down the highways and, and I've seen fire going out of control in the grass and find out that somebody flicked a cigarette out, which thought, they probably thought was out. But the little fire that was left in it set all that grass and all that land on fire. Once again, our tongues are such a fire. With a few words, we can do acres of damage in the body of Christ, spiritual acres of damage. But at the same time, with those same tongues, we can start a fire. We can start a fire of a movement for God. We can start and set hearts on fire to move for the things of God and the mission of God to reach out to the widows and the orphans to go to seek and to save that which is lost. Oh, those tongues can be turned and that fire can burn, but not for the negative, but for the positive of reaching souls for Jesus Christ. For for mobilizing the church and moving them in the direction of ministry. Oh, what a little fire can kindle. Who knows what the words of encouragement that you give to your brothers or sisters will turn into in their lives and how they will affect others for Christ. Each one teach one. And it multiplies and that the kingdom of God grows and that the gems of the crown of Jesus are fulfilled and that his crown looks beautiful because of the tongue of the words of encouragement, of the going and telling those about the good news of Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And as I come to a close talking about a tongue, I can't forget about that beautiful tongue that was on Calvary's mouth. I can't forget about that tongue who they put nails in his hands and nails in his feet. That tongue that looked up to heaven and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Oh, I'm so glad that Jesus had a tongue. I'm so glad that his tongue was under control. Because I don't know about you, but I needed that forgiveness. And I needed him to die on that cross and not condemn me, but to forgive me. And we know for sure that he stayed on that cross. From the third to the ninth hour. For you and for me. He could have called down a legion of angels. But he had that tongue bridled. He knew that if he called them down. There wouldn't be any me. And there wouldn't be any you. But he saw down through the annals of time. And he went to the shearers like a lamb before shearers. He didn't say a mumbling word. Hallelujah. He didn't call down fire from heaven and burn up creation. But he died. He died that Friday evening on the ninth hour. He laid his head in the locks of his shoulders. And the story goes on to let us know that they took him down off that cross. And they put him in a borrowed tomb. And three days later, he got up with all power in his hand. Jesus said with his tongue, he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. And he told his disciples and commissioned them to go, ye therefore. 
with authority. He told them that as I was sent, so I send you. Oh, that beautiful tongue of Jesus. Jesus said that he never leave us nor forsake us. That he would be with us even to the end of the world. That's good news, saints. As we go through our contrary winds, that Jesus is right there beside us by the power of the Holy Spirit. That he's teaching us, directing us, correcting us, encouraging us to be all that he wants us to be. And so at this time, I extend the invitation to those who do not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You've heard the words of how God does this and does that, but you don't know him for yourself. Today you can get to know him for yourself. Jesus Christ, he died for you because he knew that you didn't have a way out of your despair. That you didn't have a way out of destruction, a way out of the path that ends in condemnation. He knew that there needs to be a once and for all sacrifice for your sins, for your disobedience. And he's saying, come unto me. He's saying, ask me to forgive you. Ask me to come into your life. He stands at the door and knocks. And whoever will open that door and let him in, he will eat with you. He will commune with you and teach you all things. He will set you apart as his treasure. He will keep you from an everlasting hell. He will make sure that your feet are set on a solid rock of living right before him. That one day in the twinkling of an eye, the trumpet will sound. And that he will be coming back for his church, for his children, and he will meet you in the air. But don't you miss this opportunity because you don't know if tomorrow is promised. Tomorrow may not come, but today is the day of salvation. You can get to know him today. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus, come to Jesus just now, just now. Come to Jesus, come to Jesus just now. but there's still plenty of good room. Amen, amen.